WBEZ Features is supported by Adler University, educating students to advance socially responsible practice, healthy communities, and a more just society. With degrees in psychology, counseling, public policy, and leadership. Adler.edu. A long-standing American tradition kicks off on Monday, the political party conventions. The Democrats are first. Former Vice President Joe Biden is scheduled to give a speech Thursday. Then it's President Donald Trump and the Republicans' turn. But as the pandemic has pushed the political coronations online, some have wondered, why do we still have conventions? WBEZ's Becky Vivi reports. There are a lot of ways people describe political conventions. They can be kind of long and drawn out and boring. For whatever reason, most people are not always paying attention. Uh, It's absolutely not necessary, but it hasn't been necessary for years. (laughs) Conventions used to be where party leaders would come together to pick their presidential nominee. But with primaries and caucuses, that's usually decided months before anyone steps foot in a convention hall. So what's the point? It's three, four days of nonstop advertising on behalf of the president. William Howell is a political science professor at the University of Chicago and runs the Center for Effective Government. And look, in a world in which, you know, most citizens pay little attention to politics, that isn't obviously bad, right? That we kind of stop and pause and say, all right, Republican Party, all right, Democratic Party, what are you about? He says with everything moving online, maybe the conventions will be less confetti and more crafting policy. Rather than gathering in for balloon drops in the main convention hall, that they might spend more time getting together and hammering out their differences and talking about what they want to do for the country. I actually think that would be quite good. From a legal standpoint, We have business to do. Mary Morrissey is the executive director of the Illinois Democratic Party. She says the conventions have always been a work hard, play hard sort of event. They do still need to formally nominate the candidates and adopt an official party platform. She sees this year's virtual event as being more accessible. It's almost an opportunity to be more inclusive rather than just those people who got on the ballot and got elected as delegates to the convention. So why not just scrap the big in-person convention forever? We all know it's very different being at a Cubs game, watching it in Wrigley Field with a beer in your hand and a hot dog versus watching it at home. Becky Carroll is a political strategist and has been to four conventions. It's a rare chance to be able to see an interface with members of Congress, senators, uh, congressmen and women, party leaders, celebrities. It's It's just a big party, a mecca for uh, the Democrats every four years. And it's always been also a traditional starting point of the election season. She and others say it's actually really important for party leaders and volunteers and activists to get together at the end of the long primary season and pivot toward focusing on the general election. It's also an important stage that can launch people's careers. There is not a liberal America and a conservative America. There is the United States of America. Barack Obama's 2004 convention speech put him on the path to the presidency. I remember looking around the convention hall and literally every person sitting in those seats were glued to every word that Senator Obama was saying. And you just felt at that moment in time that that was something very special. Christopher Dunn has been to more than a dozen conventions and has the stories to prove it. His first, New York 
1976, Jimmy Carter. I got to do some really cool stuff, like go to parties in a small hotel suite with Paul Newman and Warren Beatty. You know, we're both going for the popcorn at the same time. He says he'll never forget Bill Clinton's acceptance speech in 1992. I still believe in a place called hope. God bless you and God bless I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it right now. Uh, don't stop thinking about tomorrow's playing in the background. And in 1988, he found himself as the go-to guy for big donors to get floor passes and backstage access. I remember some of the most important donors coming to me and saying, do you know who I am? Chris, you know who I am. I need to be on the floor. And I said, I want you to be on the floor. <laughs> Let me see what I can do. That's another important function of the party conventions. They're fundraisers. People buy box seats. They pay for tickets to exclusive parties. All of that is gone this year. But Dunn says it's another reason conventions will most certainly be back. Political strategist Jason McGrath says just like parties and weddings and graduations will all happen again post-pandemic, so too will the conventions. And like sports, they thrive on live audiences. He says President Donald Trump is a good example. The Trump campaign, uh, I think they were highly successful in building support and energy for their campaign in 2016 through these rallies. The absence of that, I think, is really a problem for them. McGrath is bummed he won't get to see his fellow Democrats and friends from other states who work on other campaigns this year. So is Becky Carroll. I do think that there will be a yearning to come together again to celebrate our party and to really appreciate what we have after so much that we would have gone through together, given the pandemic, given the unrest facing our country. She predicts the 2024 conventions will be back in a big way. Becky Vivi, WBEC News.